Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for our listeners. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. To get started, all you have to do is click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Okay, let's get things started. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus, Sources Edition, presented by WinBet. This is the BBOC podcast that ties Big J journalism to Big Bets, and my co-host, the award-winning, news-breaking Action Network's own, Brett McMurphy. First reported by our own Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy is Sources. Let's get into this. You and I have had this conversation for a week. If Alabama and Georgia are going to the playoff, and we know that they are, I cannot see a, 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 any kind of world where they don't meet in the SEC championship, and then one of them is ranked one, one is ranked three, so they won't meet each other till the national championship. By the way, win bet offering minus 260 on either Georgia or Alabama to win the national title. Who is the de facto third team that's going to represent the SEC in the Sugar Bowl? Right now, it's your hogs. Uh, it's got to be somebody. I, I don't think it's going to be Ole Miss. I think AM and has, has fallen down and can't get up. Um, <clears throat> Florida's got another, another loss against Georgia. I mean, maybe if Florida beats, wins out and only loses to Georgia, then they could surpass Arkansas. But I really think Arkansas has got a really good shot. Um, you know, they still got a lot of landmines left, but um, including Alabama. So I would, I would give the slight edge probably to Florida. Yeah. And the stakes can't be higher for this Ole Miss Arkansas game. Cause I mean, you have Ole Miss all the way down in the music city bowl and, and you know, if Ole Miss and you had Arkansas in the sugar bowl, right. I mean, just as a guy that goes to these bowl games, there's a big difference between me going to Nashville versus going <laughs> to new Orleans. So, I mean, this is a really big game this weekend, but yeah, there's going to be a third sec slot here that of course is going to draw probably a pissed off big 12 team. And the spread's going to be the sec team minus nine, which where the big 12 is going to win and pound their chest and see you later, Texas OU. But uh, you know, that's one, what, Brett, what was your big 
takeaway from what for me was a really fun week five? Well, I think the biggest thing nationally is, is Cincinnati. Now, you know, they, they got past Indiana, they beat Notre Dame. And so now there's a lot of people chirping that Cincinnati deserves to be in the playoff. Cincinnati deserves to be in the playoff. You know, look, I, I see both sides of it. When I do my bold projections, I'm projecting how the selection committee will vote, how I think they will vote based on how they voted the past seven years. And I don't think Cincinnati gets in undefeated if they're going head to head against a one loss team, a power five, one loss team. I, I wrote down real quickly, nine, n- nine non-SEC teams that could get finished with one loss. And you tell me if any, if you would put Cincinnati in over any of these, if they finish with one loss, I'll go through them real quick. Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Oregon, Arizona State. I, I mean, no, none of them. No, I, I was going to say maybe Oklahoma State. I, there's still some things I don't believe with the team, but if they're one loss. That means you know, they beat Oklahoma. That means they beat Oklahoma. They yeah, split, I mean, at worst, they split with Oklahoma and beat Texas. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. of these teams that are, they're going to hop Cincinnati and you, and it's going to be this whole talk about how they look in the eye and the fact that they won their conference championship and the fact that they beat the biggest dog in their conference, even if it's one of these teams, it's not Oklahoma and Ohio state. I feel like there's more chaos coming, Brett. I, I have Oklahoma is not going to sweep this schedule. Ohio state already has a loss. Penn state is still throwing you know, they're still playing clean football. Of course, Sean Clifford goes up against Iowa. This is a different conversation. This Iowa-Penn State game could not be any bigger this weekend as far as who is in the driver's seat in the Big Ten. The other thing is that if you just landed on Earth this season and you knew nothing about the previous seven years of the playoff, would we feel that strongly about Cincinnati? And I'm saying that because I think Cincinnati is getting so much love because a group of five has never made it. Why should that matter about this year's playoff? Because Cincinnati was good last year. What does that have to do with this year's playoff? Oh, by the way, do I have to go get my BYU hat and put that on? At the end of the year, BYU will have played seven power five schools. That's five more than Cincinnati. What if BYU goes undefeated? Does Cincinnati deserve to go in over BYU? I don't necessarily think so. That means BYU had wins over Arizona State, USC, Baylor's in there, a couple others. Um, yeah, so it's – I think the pe- a lot of people that are pushing C- Cincinnati is because of the frustrations with the 14 playoff and the Group 5 not having a real access to that instead of just flat out saying, hey, let's just compare the teams. Are you going to put Cincinnati over a – two loss Alabama or two loss Georgia? No, you're not. Selection committee's not. Now I think those are the only two schools in the country that could lose two games and get over, get in over an undefeated Cincinnati team. But if you're comparing them with a one loss power five team, that means they would have won their conference championship with only one loss. Again, going by what this, the history of the selection committee, I don't see the Bearcats getting in everyone's going to cry how they got screwed, et cetera, et cetera. I think BYU gets screwed more than Cincinnati if BYU runs a table. 
Yeah. And I mean, just to mention, you know, sources, we record this on Monday night and four weeks, this podcast is going to take on a different life because we are going to give betting recommendations on what futures you should be hitting for the national title before the college football playoff ranking comes out on Tuesday night. So this pod will be available to you to say, Hey, there is a window here to take this team before we know what the committee is going to do. And I, and I love that you put BYU and Cincinnati in a bowl game together in the Fiesta bowl. You mentioned BYU has beaten seven, you know, uh, seven power five teams. I think they're going to do it with seven different quarterbacks, but Cincinnati to me, I, I, I said this off air, uh, I think last year's team would be favored by six and a half points over this year's Cincinnati team. There are things that are missing from the offensive, from explosiveness. There are things that they are allowing on the, on the defensive side of the ball. They're still a quality team. I know they're undefeated. I know it's a lot of the same guys from last year, but they are not playing at the same level that they were last year. You're right. I mean, these are two BYU and Cincinnati are two different teams than they were last year. And frankly, I don't think Cincinnati is as good as that. last year. I thought that team deserved to be in the playoff. This one, um, you know, I, I expected something bigger out of beating Notre Dame, but maybe that goes back to the fact that uh, I faded Notre Dame, I think every single week this year, but I think we're going to get into this in our questions later. Uh, the coaching hot seat seems to have simmered down for, you know, for the Scott Frost of the world, uh, Brian Har- Harson, you know, even just a month into his tenures firing wide receiver coaches, that was a huge win down in Death Valley. You know, we'll get to maybe the coach's hot seat in the, in the sources edition, but now let's roll right into our favorite segment. The sources speed round. All right. So this segment, I get to ask Brett as many questions as possible in a 60 second span. If my gambling ears hear something, I get to call a timeout. I think I went a little crazy with the timeouts. I, I definitely went, I had a college basketball timeout, a couple 30 seconds. Uh, you got, so you got a week, technical for calling too many timeouts. All right, Brett, are you ready for, for questions of sources? Let's go. All right. Clock starts now. Let's roll into it. How much trouble is coach Owen down in Baton Rouge uh, level of one to 10? 10 being you're fired. 7.5. All right, timeout. So, see, I, I said I would chill out with the timeouts, but I can't. If this team cannot fix tackling, they are one-dimensional. Every If you're dropping three and back and eight on Ole Miss's passing, that's what teams are going to start doing to Max Johnson and this one-dimensional offense. Could he be fired before a 6-6 six and six bowl game? Absolutely. I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule. Kentucky, Florida, Ole Miss, Bama, Arkansas, A&M. We could be looking at six and six. And you know what LSU's record is since they won the national title? 15 games. What do you think it is? Sub 500, right? Eight and seven. But six, six and seven against power five opponents. So sub 500 against power five. With all that being said, he still is 13 and five against top 10 ranked opponents. But, you know, the big criticism of, of O is, what have not what have you done for me lately? What have you done without Joe Burrow? And it's not good. Six and seven against power five teams. The you know schedule I just laid out. Um, you know, a quick look at it based on your power ratings. They're gonna be an underdog in at least three of those games, maybe four. So he's gonna have to pull some upsets there to keep his head above 500. Yeah, it's it's crazy that a coach could get whacked two years after winning the national title, but LSU um, is a very unique place and they don't put up with mediocrity. Edo is a former USC guy. Let's uh, start the clock back up. Let's start the clock. Now that that Urban is quickly taking himself out of the running for any future jobs. 
This is exactly where I'm going with our speed round. Back to the questions here. I, this, <laughs> Jesus. Is a, this is a three-part question. I'm going to make you answer all of these, all right? Well, now, if you I went to the, journalism school, you never know. You 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 know never to ask a t- two questions in one. So you're going past that, and you're asking three questions in one. Yeah. So go ahead. All right. The, the first two could be uh, just, just a one-word answer, but after the third one, I am absolutely calling a flag on you. What were the chances of Urban Meyer going to USC after he went 0-1 with the Jags? What were the chances? It's 50%, but I'm calling a timeout on myself. Again, that depends on what Mike Bone, the USC AD, wants to do. He's not going to share that information with anybody outside his inner circle. Uh, you know. But certainly I would think it would, it would probably be 50-50. Why is Urban – stop. Just I, I, Okay, I know this is like – Because asking, he's a great college coach. I'll answer uh, that part. He's, okay, he no, has, but, he's won a national title at Florida. He's won a national title at Ohio State. Yes, there has been, you know, casualties along the way and a lot of turmoil and different things, but he wins at the collegiate level. So why – is he making X amount of dollars on the set of Fox sitting next to Matt Leinart and supposedly going to be the next coach at USC after Clay Helton is fired? And is this just a, just a bad judgment and timing? Or did you really want to go to the NFL? Or did you think USC was never going to fire Clay Helton? Like, why did he just not hang on for the USC job to open up? Did, I mean, was there that big of an itch to get back into coaching that he wanted to try the NFL? Like, I, I don't understand the timing here because every thought everybody thought it was a shoe and he was going to USC. He could have just had another year on Fox. Like, why did he take the Jags job? I, I think the main thing not, you know, look, I have not had, you know, <laughs> believe me, I've not had this conversation with Urban, but I think a lot of it for these coaches is, is it's ego. You want to prove that you can win at the highest level. The NFL is the highest level. Some have been successful. Pete Carroll. Others, including the greatest college coach of all time, Nick Saban, have not. Steve Spurrier was not successful. This is not a leader of men. This is not a, somebody that should be at a podium talking about how Trevor Lawrence should play it cool in Las Vegas. So starting up the questions back up again, what are the chances that he is the USC coach, say, by Christmas? I'd say 25%. Ooh, that's way lower than I thought. All right, we're going to visit Urban every week because this thing is, who is the Florida State Dumpster Fire Team of the Week? Well, we have to rename it because the Seminoles, the Seminoles won against Syracuse. Although they did not, they did not cover, so they're not a great mm-hmm. team. I'm going with Texas A&M. They're paying oh, nine million for Jimbo, and he's lost his last two against Arkansas and Mississippi State. And now you're a 17 and a half point dog to Alabama. Give me a break. Hey, don't just be a support. Just keep fighting with us. We ain't quitting on you. Please don't quit on us. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to be nasty. Yeah, the window to beat Alabama, I think, is over. That offensive style is not going to get it done in that conference. Things are broken there. The buyout's got to be monstrous, though. I'm not sure if Texas a and is ready to the move entire, on to that. The entire, Colin, the entire contract is guaranteed. $90 million. <laughs> That's more than what Brett Bielema made off of Arkansas when he got let out the door. All right, Brett, this is OU Texas week. This is the Red River Shootout. What is the best or worst food you've ever had? Easy. Battered, deep-fried beer. Was it Lone Star beer? Can you tell me what kind of beer it was? If it was, you couldn't even tell. The problem is you think, hey, I like fried foods. That sounds good. Hey, I like beer. Mix them together. What you get is beer that's capsulized, and then they roll it in dough, deep fry it. And so then basically you're biting into something that's like a um, 
Hush puppy, except it's got liquid inside. I couldn't even eat it. I, I spit it out. It was horrible. I know the Texas State Fair is right there in that part of town, but are they always going to continue to play and where the old Mobile Cotton Bowl uh, was always played, or are they eventually going to move off into Jerry World? Like, is there any contract in place that makes them play in that in that forum? Yeah, both schools love having it there. The Texas State Fair, you literally walk out of the stadium and the fair is 20 yards away. It's incredible. Um, go get a Fletcher's Corny Dog. I highly recommend those. Um, but yeah, both schools like it there. It's a pretty almost exactly between the same distance between both campuses. I'm sure Jerry World would love to have OU Texas, but the Cotton Bowl does everything it can to, to keep that game. Uh, one real quick, my one of my fondest memories covering that game was they've redone the the locker rooms now. But back when uh, I covered it this specific time, Barry Switzer was the coach at OU. Of course, OS, OU won by, you know, half a hundred or whatever. Well, the locker rooms used to be in the tunnels where the teams came out. Well, right above the tunnel is the Oklahoma band. So after the game's over, you would go to the locker room to talk to Switzer. He comes out of the locker room. He's surrounded 10 deep by reporters and exactly five feet above him is the OU band playing Boomer Sooner for 75 consecutive times. So you could not hear a word Switzer was saying, even if you were two inches from his face. So that was, that was fun time. So they've obviously improved that, that situation after the game. <laughs> As a person who's uh, followed his team to the Cotton Bowl many times, I have yet to be there during the state fair uh, might have to make a trip down there real quick this weekend. Let's move on to our AP Top 25 versus the Action Network Top 25. You know, Brett puts out a column on Sunday morning. Him and I converse late Saturday night. Uh, we both have our own rankings. Mine come from an odds maker point of view of how we power rate teams. Uh, Brett submits his vote to the AP Top 25. Uh, I would like to think, I, I mean, Brett's AP Top 25 vote is, I believe, light years beyond some of the other writers that are putting in their vote. Uh, not to name any names, some people are putting Oregon still at number five. Brett, overall, I mean, I think we're getting a little bit closer on a lot of our rankings, and, and that's, you know, bound to happen throughout the season. Some of these, I think I think that we need to have a conversation about. I, I mean, I agree with you putting San Diego State up there. They're getting quality wins. Uh, Wake Forest is a team that I definitely think we should talk about. Like eight to one, I think, is a great number on them to win the ACC, although it was 150 to one like two weeks ago. Uh, it seems to me when I look at this AP top 25 and everybody that voted in it, you were the highest of everybody on NC state. You have them listed at 15th. They came in at 23rd. Uh, maybe I drank the Wolfpack Kool-Aid uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, you know, the, the big win against Clemson, obviously. Uh, but now you kind of, do you take that with a grain of salt? Because now you see what Clemson did with, with BC the one loss was at Mississippi State, which is not necessarily a bad loss, as bad now. Certainly, I think it was a reaction to the Clemson win. They dominated USF. That's, you know, that doesn't really count. But other than that, they have nothing really to show. They beat Louisiana Tech in a flat spot. Yeah, I think we'll find out in the next uh, next couple of weeks at BC and at Miami if, if NC State's a legitimate top 25 team or not. I mean, basically they need to run the table to stay in the top 25 because they have no ranked opponents the rest of the way. So uh, I, I'm guilty, Your Honor. I probably did do have them a little bit higher than I should, but at this point I'm okay with it. So your Oklahoma State, uh, your Cowboys came in at 12. Uh, I believe you had them just a couple spots below that. I am. Uh, I think I'm outside the top 30 on these guys. 
Two voters had the pokes as high as seven in the Jeez. AP top 25. So I, you know, this is a team that can, you know, dictate their own destiny, but do you think Oklahoma state has a shot, even though the focus this weekend is Texas and Oklahoma? You know, I, I do because they've, defensively with Jim Knowles, defensive coordinator, they've been tremendous. Offensively, it's not the same explosive product that Gundy has had in the past. Uh, The Boise State game, look, they won, but they were fortunate for a bad whistle or they lose that game. Kansas State, they won by 11, but there was a a defensive score in there. Baylor, they score late to, to stretch that game out. So basically every game, including Tulsa and Missouri State, have been one possession games. I think we'll find out after Oklahoma State's got a bye this week. Then they catch Texas at a great time coming off the OU game. They're at Texas. Then they're at Brocktober. There he goes, Brock Purdy. I think those two games will determine if Oklahoma State is a legitimate threat for the Big 12 or not. Everybody in the world's got Penn State, Iowa, 3-4, deservedly. And whoever wins that game is going to be slotted in at number three, deservedly. And one of them is going to drop. Now, for you, Brett, that would seem like Cincinnati would finally get up into your top four. But if Oklahoma beats Texas, you know, that, that's a team that could potentially take that four spot. You know, Ohio State still has one loss. Oregon has one loss. Michigan's undefeated. They're number six in your, in your poll. Would you hop Michigan and Oklahoma undefeated next week over Cincinnati into the four-five slot? How, how, how would you rank Michigan, Oklahoma, and Cincinnati undefeated at this time next week, considering – one, two, and then the winner of the, the Penn State-Iowa game is your third. I honestly don't figure that out ahead of time. I, I mean, for Oklahoma, is, is Texas and Kansas State, are those two wins better than Notre Dame in Indiana? I'm asking you from a power rating aspect. Off the time I had, Oklahoma is going to have the much more impressive wins because I know Notre Dame has never had any kind of power rating clout. Neither is Indiana. Indiana is a team we've been – down on since the beginning of the year. We right. knew there was a lot of luck from last season. So then you look at Michigan. Now they won at Wisconsin. Uh, they beat, well, everyone's beating Washington. Uh, <laughs> if they win, if they won, what if they win at Nebraska by, I don't know, two scores, right. that means they will have beaten Nebraska worse than Oklahoma beat them at home. Um, does Wisconsin at Wisconsin at Nebraska rate higher than at, Notre Dame and at Indiana. Yeah, what, it does. It does. Okay. Well, you're answering my question. I mean, I'm not, you know, that's, I don't necessarily, I may keep Cincinnati up there. I may move them up to four. Um, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to see, but I don't go in with any preconceived that this team wins or loses. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, I watch the game Saturday, like everybody else, and then um, fill it out. And you know what? It's my opinion. Yeah, I could. I, I, I may be wrong. <laughs> well, I think it's just interesting because I think the AP voters are going to be stuck with this very question. Right. If Oklahoma beats Texas and Michigan you know, stays undefeated, there's two brand names that they could hop up into that four spot. And then we'll just be three weeks away from the college football playoff, uh, the very the unveiling of the first ranking. So and of course. I'm just waiting for Ohio state to uh, hop everybody as a one loss team just because of the eyeball test, but uh, that'll be coming down the line. Okay. So moving on from that, let's do the Heisman handicap. This is your Heisman handicap. The Heisman trophy is awarded to. 
So these odds are going to be brought to you uh, via WinBet. Looking at the numbers right now, we knew that the loser of the Ole Miss-Alabama game was going to take a hit on their odds in the Heisman. Uh, Bryce Young up to plus 120. Matt Corral down to 3-1. to one. Desmond Ritter, who uh, I've been talking about, I feel like, <laughs> since I, I plugged this microphone in months ago, is up to 8-1. to one. CJ Stroud sitting at 15 to one. He sits out a game, comes back, looks great. I, it's a Spitzer Rattler 15 to one on his way down. Bijan Robinson, we've talked about how a running back isn't going to win this, that Casey Thompson would have the better shot. He's now down to Casey Thompson's 100 to one. I don't know why. Sean Clifford's thrown a perfect season so far, 80 to one. I don't know why. JT Daniels is not even playing. That I understand is why he's 80 to one. To me, again, Casey Thompson at 101. Is the best value on the board, but CJ Stroud at 15 to 1, there's so much left for him beating Penn State, winning the conference championship, uh, putting up gaudy numbers, which he was already doing before he decided to take a week off. So I think CJ Stroud at 15 to 1 for me, long shot, Casey Thompson 100 to 1. Uh, do you anybody on this list that we're looking at from win bet? Uh, kind of kind of triggers your mind that maybe they need a bet. A couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we told we told our listeners that we recommended taking Bryce Young at plus, I think it was 250, 260, 270, whatever, because you, you were getting better odds on him than Alabama to win the national title. So mm-hmm. I think we're, we're looking really good there. You know, you, may, you did bring up a great point about C.J. Stroud. If you believe Ohio State's going to win out, which probably a lot of people do, and and you believe Georgia can beat Alabama in the SEC title game and make Bryce Young look miserable? C.J. Stroud could actually have enough mo- late momentum to jump Bryce Young and win this thing. If you think those two things are going to happen, I absolutely would recommend a play on C.J. Stroud. I myself would not – I'm not doing that. I have Bryce Young. Um, but that would certainly be good – that would be good in- insurance. Spencer Rattler's been too up and down. I don't see him getting back in it at this point. Uh, and I think right now it's it's Bryce Young's to lose, but I think C.J. Stroud's in, in good position if you think Georgia can beat Alabama in the SEC title game or even if Alabama stumbles before they get there. I think it'd be really – I would be so fearful of putting money down on Spencer Rattler considering the crowd is chanting for the backup quarterback. <laughs> Uh, if you lose a game, you have these NIL deals and you could just say, you know what, I'm done. I'll, I'm going to be in the NFL next year anyways. It doesn't matter how the rest of the season. I would be really scared to get money down on Spencer Rattler. Uh, so Stroud is definitely the one who's uh, got my attention from a betting on the Heisman perspective. I feel bad for Jaden Daniels on this list. 100 to 1, he could go undefeated. They could win the Pac-12, right? Uh, th- there's no way anyone from the West Coast is winning this thing. The, the game against UCLA was what, at midnight? I mean, no, there's no one on the West Coast winning this thing, right? No, not this year. I, don't, I no. If if Christian McCaffrey couldn't do it, none of these guys are going to do it. Completely agree. And now, as a quick reminder to our listeners, Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for you guys this season. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit twenty dollars or more can make their first bet risk-free. Up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free. Up to $1,000 in eligible states. $1,000. So take advantage of this WinBet offer. Just click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Let's get back to the show. Let's roll right into the playoff 
payoff. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoff? Right now we uh, we got to cover the first prop. Last week we said that you should be buying Alabama or Georgia to win the national championship minus one ninety. That number is now minus two sixty with a backup quarterback with Stetson Bennett, a seasoned backup quarterback, a shutout of Arkansas, a completely functional offense that you know manhandled a Razorback defense that looked pretty good a bunch of t- against a bunch of teams in the top twenty five. Uh, I, I just can't see a scenario where Georgia and Alabama are a not meeting in the SEC championship game, which means B they're going to end up ranked one and three in the college football playoff, which means C they're going to be in the national championship game. Uh, I think minus two sixty is still. I'm going to have to run some numbers. I don't know when you stop buying that number. The field plus two forty, so you get plus two forty on anybody that you think can beat either of those teams. I don't think those odds are great enough. I don't think it, I, I can't name another team. Can you think of another team that could beat Alabama and Georgia right now? The Alabama and Georgia <laughs> reserves. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we gave it out last week. Hopefully people got it because it's only going to go up. And, you know, kind of what we said, what would a six or seven point line translate into as far as the money line? And now your latest projections, you've got Alabama and Georgia nine or 10 points better than team number three. Yeah. <laughs> it's not plus 240. Yeah. It's certainly not going to go down at all uh, if you want to take a chance. But barring a major – they're double-digit favorites the rest of the way in the regular season. There is no way this selection committee does not put the SEC runner-up at 12-1 and in the college football playoff. Right. So if you're betting against those two teams, you have to hope that the loser of that game drops to number four so they would play the champion who would be seated number one. I, I don't think they'll drop to four. I think they'll be two or three. We, we talked about this on prior sources podcasts that you've been a part of like a mock college football playoff committee. And right. I'm not saying this specific to the SEC. I'm just saying this specific to a conference championship that has implications of who's going to be number. If a number one and two team were to face each other, like someday, maybe if Ohio State and some weird way, Iowa or Wisconsin are ranked number two, we already know that it's a meaningless game and both teams are going to get in they're not going to drop the loser of that conference championship game to number four. They're going to avoid a rematch, correct? No, actually they, they will not avoid a rematch. They will basically, and I, you're right. I went through the process a couple of times. What you do is you basically the same way that you power rate all these teams, you go in and you rank these teams based on who you think are the best four teams. You're not going in there saying, okay, Alabama and Georgia just played Iowa and Ohio state or whoever just played. So we can't put them at one and four, or we can't put them at two or three. You say, no, here's my top four teams. And if it's a rematch, it's a rematch. And anyone who thinks, well, that you can't lose your last game and get in, you're sadly mistaken because if they rank them as one of the top four teams going into that game, losing to a top four team is not going to, have you tumbling down the rankings just because you lost to a team that's already in the playoff. Right. I know this segment, we're supposed to like throw out some betting value in here. Ohio state is 20 to one. I think the better bet is CJ Stroud on the Heisman considering that vote takes place before the playoff is determined, or it really happens right after the conference championship game when they can win the big 10. There's no playoff games that go into the Heisman. I think CJ Stroud's a better bet than Ohio state at 20 to one Michigan at 30 to one has a lot to prove Cincinnati at 40 to one come on against Alabama and Georgia. Same thing with Iowa. All right. 
I mean, it shows you how much respect <laughs> the odds makers have for Iowa sitting at 50 to one. So I, one last question before we move on from this futures, because our, our betting recommendation right now is, is that when bet still has this Alabama, Georgia prop up, that's the play that you should be making. And CJ Stroud probably has the best value on the Heisman number. One thing I want to ask though, before we get out of here, it's the team that finishes with the number one seed. They're going to get to pick where they go to. So this year it's going to be the orange bowl and it's going to be Arlington. Does that team make that decision based on how close proximity for their fan base or field conditions, or I'm going up against team a from this city. It'd be better to get them here. What goes into that decision, say for Nick Saban, if he finishes number one or, or Kirby does, and, and, and he has to choose between the orange bowl or Arlington. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Everything <laughs> you said, Colin. Yeah. You look at, you look at who your opponent is, you know, this is a hypothetical. Let's say the university of Miami was the number four seed Alabama's number one. Uh, you're not going to want to play that game in the orange bowl. You're going to gonna, you're wanting to go play in Arlington. Even if the team was not based in Florida, if you're Alabama and you look at it, well, do we want to go to the orange bowl or would we rather go to Arlington because you can get more fans in the stadium and we're going to have such a huge following. We want it to be as much like an Alabama home game as we can. So we want to play in the bigger facility. We want to go to Arlington. So that's kind of some of the things that they come into that. And then keep in mind that the two and three, they have no, no say in this, right. you know, basically the, the one seed says we're going here again, the, they will technically the college football playoff will assign the teams, but they do know the preference of the number one seed. Um, you know, it's, it's more drastic when it's like the Rose bowl and the sugar bowl host it, you know, you've got California and new Orleans, you know, obviously in that situation, Alabama would want to play in New Orleans a lot closer than flying all the way across the country to the Rose Bowl. But yeah, you you lined out a lot of things that they're they're thinking about. And the college football playoff selection committee technically will make that decision. But believe me, they know what the preference of that number one seat is. They're not going to send them uh, somewhere they do not want to go. And the number one team, correct me if I'm wrong, they're never going to want to go to the Fiesta Bowl. There's no recruits there to get, right? I mean, Florida and Texas is deep in recruits. The Rose Bowl is deep in recruits. Like they're never going to go to they're never going to go to the Fiesta Bowl, right? Obviously not this year. Next year, the semifinals are the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. So, you know, if uh, let's say Alabama was the one seed and Georgia was the four seed, absolutely you're going to go to the 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 Fiesta Bowl. Right. Why would you want to play Georgia and Atlanta? Um, unless you felt like you were going to have enough of a following that it wasn't going to impact you. You know, Saban's recruiting 365 days a year anyway. He was on the the Manning cast last week. It was great. He just happened to, (laughs) I just laughed. He casually mentioned when they said, you got so many guys in the NFL. He goes, yeah, you know, I I think we have 73. You know, it's like, I think I had a a little Debbie's, uh, you know, snack today. Yeah, we have 73 in the NFL. No big deal. So he's always... (laughs) He's always recruiting uh, year round, so I don't I don't think he really cares uh, where the recruits are. They they will find Bama on their local device. Yeah, well, one one person he's recruited is my eighty eight year old grandmother who called the bad beats hotline without my I knowledge. Heard that. I heard that. She, I every year it's is hey. that Nick is that Nick Saban married? Yes, Miss Terry is is very much alive. Oh well, you let me know if that ever changes. A grandma, it ain't gonna happen. All right. <laughs> Well, you, t- you tell your grandma that I'm two and one going head to head with with you and Stucky with my Bama plays. So 
she knows she watched she was not happy that an old miss was a pick she was really upset that old miss was a pick on the show so we'll have to keep the grandma factor in uh when we make our picks when it comes to the crimson tide brent that's going to do it this week thanks for joining me we will be back next week uh this has been the big bets on campus sources edition tomorrow afternoon you can hear our red hot group boy they went crazy last week too they had a great call in south alabama our our experts mike ianello mike calabrese our g5 deep dive episode and then late, late Thursday, Stucky and I will be back. We'll return for a week six betting preview all here on the BBOC. Brett's got to get back to blowing up athletic director's phones. And I've got to get back to watching this Arkansas number get up to a touchdown against Ole Miss. I don't even know what's going on here. So thank you for joining us. See you at the window. <laughs> <laughs>